I remember I tried to play one of the times I tried to play World of Warcraft uh, retail. Uh, I did it with a European server with some people, and I was somewhat new, and I was playing a hunter, and I didn't. I just forgot about um, pet taunt, wow. and so we were in a dungeon, and this the person who was the travesty of this was oh, wow. um, I was on voice chat, <laughs> and they were not. And so the bulk of the group is in voice chat and, and they weren't. And, and this person just starts going off in chat in game about, you know, well, I'm just going to let you tank then. And I'm like, what? And they're like, well, cause you're obviously, you're just, you know, letting your fucking pet do whatever it wants to do. And I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even oh, know shit. like about turning pet taunt off. And it turned into this person ranting at me for 45 minutes about how oh, I was man. an idiot. And I'm like, I've been playing MMOs for 20 years like just because it's a new game with for me it was a new game mm-hmm. i haven't played you've played world of warcraft since it launched and so you're intimately familiar with it that kind of when people start doing that kind of stuff it just i'm out i don't want to play your game anymore and like those, you can have it The technical difficulties of when you mute yourself on your stream. All right. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Morg. I'm joined by returning party members. Welcome back, the Nathan Napalm. Hey, everybody. I missed you guys last week. I know. We missed you too, dude. And welcome back, Renfell, everybody. You went and built lightsabers. It was worth it. It was pretty cool. I saw that. That was really cool, man. Yeah, that was badass. Uh, We've got, as promised, per last week, we have got a whole lot to chat about today. And I felt like, you know, today's episode's called The Scam Starters. But we'll talk a little bit more about that soon. Um, Seems like they're popping up all over the place here lately. Oh, man, dude. It is rife. 2021 is a good year for the scam. It's the year of the scam starters, man, is what I think. I'm just calling it now. 2021 is the year of the scam starters. We'll get to that. So we'll get to that real soon. Before we dig in too deep, got to give a big shout out to all of the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. Thanks for keeping this party's bags packed and provision stocked for all of our adventures here on the show, friends. And that being said, let's dig in, but not too fast. Because before we do begin, I want to encourage you all to go over to the Twitter at the LFM show over on Twitter. We have a pin post at the top. Please consider going to iTunes, giving us a review five stars if you think we're worthy and leaving a comment. We'll read on the show. You can also call into the show one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. You can send some mail over to the LFM show at Gmail and some of the grunts out here. will get it to us when they can. Gentlemen, what have you been up to the past week since last time? Well, I've been I've been in Star Wars World, uh, the Galaxy's Edge, and Disney World. Um, it was awesome. Um, could be better, so I'll, I would suggest if anybody's thinking of going to see Galaxy's Edge, just wait, wait for this COVID thing to be over because they're working out the best ride there, Rise of Resistance. It don't go just yet. If you got a choice, wait, give it a year. I think by next year they'll have everything ironed out. Um, so it's a weird time to go, but I still had a ton of fun. It was still awesome, nice. and. I've been playing the beta 
for Pathfinder, Wrath of Righteous, and it is Ooh. one of the best CRPGs I've played in a long time. It is. So it good. looks like the first one was so good. I have high hopes for this. Yeah, it's it's a 60 hour uh, four oh. acts beta. It is. Yeah, a massive baby. Beta. Yeah, <laughs> that's epic. Oh, man. The first one is pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. What about you, Ren? What have I been up to? Yeah. Um, just more. We just doing more work on my front on Project Dram and stuff. My wife's been cranking out a bunch of artwork. My nice. brother's been doing all the prototype stuff for the point and click. I think he's wrapping up the mechanics at the end of this week, and now he's he's we're getting into replacing gray box stuff mm-hmm. next week. So we're trying to have a prototype demo out by july 1st wow fingers crossed that's that's it's looking like it's moving ahead full speed and then i'm doing all the core rule work game wise um uh, what am i playing this week i've been doing lotro i did a stream the other night just for shits and giggles oh, cool. um i did a stream on um Solasta where i was like this is an early access done right because i went into you know they went from yeah. Kickstarter in 2019 to a launched game in 2021, a year and a half. So I was like, that's a, so I, that's, that's what I played this last week. And then I'm currently literally right now I'm patching up star Wars old Republic because the mm-hmm. new expansion came out recently and I want to do a video on that. And then I've been nice. playing a little bit of, I've been trying the, the, up, the updated version of cyberpunk on the PS4 and seeing if they've got all the kinks worked out and everything else. And then I'm just patiently waiting for, legendary edition of mass effect which is next week ladies and gentlemen seven oh, days man. left a lot of people still can't wait you know what else we're close to that i played the demo for resident evil village man that is scary as crap i had to quit i, had to quit I can't play those games what? i can't playing it was too stressful man yeah i, I can't do it back from disney world where everything was all yeah and i played resident <laughs> evil as soon as i got back and was like no this is this is too much man no, <laughs> i can't i can't do it i've like doom uh, all those Death Stranding oh, games shit. and all those types of games, like I can do thirty minutes max, and I'm I'm just like so like everything feels like I've dropped acid, like I'm just all tense, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> like I gotta quit, I can't, yeah. uh, nope, nope, can't do it. Alien oh, Isolation. Man. Oh man, I never played that one, but I heard it was pretty damn scary. It yes. it's intense, man. Intense. Damn, dude. Well, you know what I've been doing? I've been preparing. Oh, man. What's the game I focus on the most? Ashes of Creation. And they announced at their their last live stream, which we've talked about, that they were going to be opening, you know, Alpha One sales again. Essentially, you're not buying the game, but you're basically purchasing a bunch of stuff like game time and cosmetics and um, you know, their cash shop currency, which is no pay to win cash shop. And of course they got all that stuff there. And you can also get into like, get your name reservations or, you know, for character, whatever, or if you, you know, do certain things, but they, uh, they dropped the adventure pack yesterday and the adventure pack is essentially what their intrepid pack used to be, which is includes an alpha one and beyond access to the game to play while it's in development and well the bigger part of that announcement was i mean we were all kind of going oh they're probably going to be like you know they're probably going to be like you know waiting until i don't know june or something to maybe incorporate those people nope nope if you if you pre-order you, you get in like that's it that includes the may to what 14th to the 21st test the month of june 
and anything beyond that, essentially, right? So holy hell, man, they have opened the floodgates. They've got to be very confident because they've gotten to a place where they don't say anything unless it's like we are good. Like Steven, Steven and the team have been like, unless we know we can deliver, we're just not anymore. We're playing it cautiously, whatever. They were like, we're good to go. And then their live stream was really sick, obviously. But holy hell, man. Holy hell. My my lady, she's my fiance. She's she got in there. And so we're going to I'm, I'm going to actually be able to play with her. But community members, a bunch of people in the community are getting there. They're upping their pre-order packs or their you know backer levels or whatever. And they're getting in. And man, it is time, dude. You want to play. You can jump on in there if you, if you have the means. You know, but most importantly, it's a lot of people that are going to be able to help test. So, um, which is what I'm really looking forward to is is just kind of seeing how things perform, um, just seeing how all that actually goes and everything. And just, man, more importantly, just getting in there and actually being able to show people, you know, like I, I'm in a position to where I can basically run around and run around and be like, so I remember when this area used to look like this in Alpha Zero. Because I'm able to talk about it, but I can't could couldn't share it. And so it's just like going to be really cool to be able to like share that experience and kind of share my knowledge and like show people what I've been talking about this whole time, what I mean by these different mechanics or different areas in the environment that I might be familiar with that have changed or, you know, it's just it's almost like it feels like nostalgia because I've been there. But it's not quite the same because it's also a lot of it's going to be new for me because there's a lot of stuff there that I've not I've never seen. Probably I'm sure. I mean, we go by their live stream. There's a bunch there I haven't seen. So it's like, damn, dude. So I'm excited, man, because I've basically been dug in preparing for this for years, man. And yeah, uh, now it's time to get to it, which means the show that we might have on the 20th. FYI, friends, that one's definitely not going to be happening. It's it's to the grindstone for me for that particular week. But, you know, things will ease up and we'll have consistent shows after that. But that one particularly um, is it's basically it's ashes, man. I got I got to grind ashes. So sorry, everybody, if you're listening to this later. Um, definitely encourage you to join the Ashes Pathfinder podcast on that Sunday in there, which is like the what is it? the? Oh, my gosh, let's see. 23rd. That'll be the 23rd and oh, well, I'm sorry, not the 23rd, the six, the 16th. That'll be taking place during, but I can kind of make that one work because it's still ashes stuff and bring people on that show and be hyped about it. So if you're curious and you want to jump on and listen to that show then or check tune into it, then we can kind of talk about it and you can catch streams and all that if you're not deciding to play. And if you're looking for people to play with, definitely come join our discord because we got a whole community of people there that are going to be playing together. Um, and you can join discord.gg forward slash some um, and join us there. Gentlemen, the scam starters, man. If you were to categorize a scam starter, what, what game or games come to mind? Just out of curiosity, if you were to, you know, say that you felt like it was a scam starter. Well, yeah. That's They're a, that's the pioneers, game. you know. They they really got out there from the from the beginning, you know, and was like, "Hey, let's scam some people," you know. So, uh, definitely them. Um, uh, what's the other one called? Uh, Dream World. Uh, it's yeah, definitely, that's definitely a big one. That one's a mess, man. I've been covering it weekly. It is worse by the week, dude. By the day. Oh my gosh, dude! They got like kids. 
in their Discord moderating, dude. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on over there, man. Mm. Like, there's some different creators have like pulled up assets and found out that they didn't actually get the license to use them, but they were using them in the videos, like music and stuff. Mm. There's like a lot of stuff going on, man. Yeah. I do have a counter to that, sure. um, which is, and I think we may have even briefly talked about this the last time you were here, Nathan, um, which is some of this, not saying this is true. I'm just saying realm yeah. of possibility. Yep. Some of this might be the case of kids who are so young and so naive mm. about asset stores and putting together Kickstarters and all this other stuff that they might just not understand the realities of licensing and what they can and can't do with assets. I'm not saying that's the case. Ah. I'm just saying devil's advocate, you know, other side of the fence. It could be a case of people going, Oh, well, we didn't know that you couldn't do that, but rather than course correct, they just try to keep moving mm -hmm. on ahead and spin yeah. it in a way that looks different. Cause you also covered a game on your, uh, a couple days ago, something steel. Project I don't even steel. Know. Oh, that okay. One I don't even, yikes. I didn't even I know about that game until your video came right. out. And I looked at that and I didn't get a scam nah, feel from that. I didn't either. I got a, I got a feel of here's some kids who just don't know any better. Same. And they, they were like, Hey, all these cool MMOs are being made. We can do the same thing. And so they put something out there and it's like, Ah, you're doing all the wrong things like <laughs> no, don't do it um but scam wise um I, I i can i know of i know of some other ones that you know i can't mention specifically on air but there are companies that do really scammy stuff um and it's not just related to say kickstarter there are mm. some there are some independent companies out there that are doing some some scammy things with their community members and and things of that nature. I mean, I've off time off top of my head, I'd say there's half a dozen that pop into my mind that yeah. are doing things that are questionably legal, if not outright illegal. Yeah, dude. I mean that the project still that one just looked to me when I did that, like it it was kind of like that Legion the Eternal War one that I kind of covered. It just, that. yeah, that one's one that's been crowdfunded on like their website, but you go there and like, I just, it's the same problem for me. Now I will say, and again, I don't know anything and they actually, Project Steel actually responded to the video I did and they were like, you know, basically saying thanks for the feedback. Apparently they did it like a Twitch live stream. They had a Q and A, but apparently they didn't understand what gray boxing or something like that. And so yeah, I got some people that commented about that and everything. And I'm kind of going, all right, man. So I'm going to go look at their live stream at some point next week and take a look at it, see what they said, kind of get some feedback. I even told them I would. Um, but it just, it was one of those things. Like, I don't know what your game's even really about. Like you're telling me what features they are, but the, it was, it was, it felt to me like easily. It could have been somebody that saw dream world got 60 K. Let's put something together, throw it on there too. Maybe we can make some money. Now, I'm not saying that's what they did, right? I'm not saying that at all. I don't know their intentions. I'm not in their brain. I don't know their conversations before they decided to put that stuff up there. I don't know anything. It's just off of my own gut and, and like the vibe I get by what's presented. And the presentation to me is like, we. and I'm even seeing some term, I saw similar terminology being used in like Ashes of Creation, Dream World. So I'm seeing like reference points to games that have been on Kickstarter but their present, you know, but like Ashes of Creation or 
games like that, like the presentation, so much more different than when you look at like what Dreamworld is, right? So you have those like very different um, like exhibits that they put out there and the presentation that they put out there about what their game is. And you get an idea of a vision, but then with like Dreamworld or like Project Steel, I'm like, I don't know, like, like Dreamworld is just ridiculous. You do everything in this one, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And all right, guys, whatever. But th this one, like they actually looked like they tried to put together a Kickstarter and put it together and everything. But the video was just like they didn't. People weren't up front. People weren't talking about the vision. I don't even know what this world's even supposed to be about. I just know the stuff you're saying that I can do, but I'm not really seeing any of that in a vision. Horses you know? and buildings and strutting and trees. Bandits. Yeah, and, and bandits riding down the road. We've got bandits. And you're like, oh, okay. That's mm -hmm. that's a selling point? Like, all right. So this this ties into something I've talked about in the past, which is one of the biggest reasons a lot of Kickstarters fail, and I'm not this is not just gaming Kickstarters, right. just Kickstarters in general, is idea people who have a great idea and they go to Kickstarter and they put something together, but they have A, no project management no. experience, B, no marketing experience, and C, no business experience whatsoever. So they don't know anything about the logistics, the legalities, the mm -hmm. uh, taxes and, and licensing mm -hmm. and shipping costs and all the things that are going to wreck your funding right because you didn't even factor those things in you're like oh wait i need to register an llc and that okay i can do that by myself but then we need to get this and i'm going to need a lawyer for that and i'm going to have to do this and oh what about we got 50 orders from australia and we didn't factor in that it's going to cost 45 dollars to ship each order to australia <laughs> now we're out hundreds of dollars that we can't cover because and that's a lot of just we have a great idea, but yeah. that's all they have. And that's mm -hmm. a curse of a lot of Kickstarters. And I think that the amount of money that they ask for sometimes, you can look at it, you can be like, that's not possible, right? Especially with an MMO and people no. say, oh, we only need, you know, 50000 Like, bro, what? You cannot, <laughs> you cannot do that for that amount. No. Now, you know, unless the vision's very small, right, and you're trying to go for something very basic, um, um, Reign of Darkness is a good example. Now they didn't, they didn't, they kickstarted later to try to get more developers, but oh, yeah. uh, they just released that one. The guy just made it by himself and released it. But um, like w the way that game launched, okay, he probably could have did it because it was one guy and he could live off fifty thousand for a year, maybe two, if he's very smart with his money. Um, but his vision wasn't very big, right? Like, not at first. He knew, I'm just building a very, uh, you know, uh, simplistic kind of uh, idea here, and I'm going to build upon it later. So, but, you know, like Dream World, what, didn't they, wasn't their goal like 40, 50K? 10K. 10,000. Yeah. So you do bring something up, though, because I was just, you sparked something in my mind because I was remembering Project Gorgon's Kickstarter, uh, which they they only went into it and said, we only need $20,000 is what mm -hmm. Project Gorgon mm -hmm. said. Now, but the way that they put their Kickstarter together was, hey, we've already been doing this for like seven years or whatever it was at that point. We're a husband-wife team. We've been doing it. We have a game. Here it is. It's freely available. You can log in, test it, play it, let us know what you think, and then decide if you want to back this project or not. Because here's what we're going to use that money for. We're going to use it to enhance the visuals and all that other stuff. I think in that case, yeah, different. 
I was able to give that a pass because I, I looked at that and I'm like 20,000 for an MMO piss off. But then you look at what they actually have and you're like, okay, that makes sense for what you have and what you're projecting. And you're not, you're not promising the world. You're literally saying we have it. It's here. You can go test it, play yeah. it, see it, touch it, get your hands on it. And this is going to make it visually better. But then I look at, um, so I've been doing a lot of, research into Kickstarter recently related to point and click adventure games and also tabletop games. Cause those are two things that I'm working on. And what's interesting is most of those small projects, there is a lot of point and click adventure games that come out and they have a 10 or $20,000 goal, but you're also talking about a project that only takes two to three people to put together. And they've already been doing it for three years and they've got the prototype. Here's your free demo play the free demo and then decide if you want to back the Kickstarter or not. This is going to, it's going to help support us. I love that. And by basically, the way. basically pay for, you know, help us out a little bit, but they're only asking for an extra 10 or $20,000. And that's realistic because it's point and click. But I also would like to point out as an example, um, looking at uh, Ouroboros, which is the tabletop one that we were talking about a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. they had a $50,000 goal, which is a, you know, that's a, a little bit of a bigger goal. But you also know that those guys, from their background and the fact that their 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 Kickstarter was extremely yeah. polished, and they had top notch artists, yeah. they had a trailer with animation, they had all this. That was a that was a triple A presentation. Absolutely. So they obviously put money into it. And you look at that fifty thousand, and you go, "Oh, Chris Metzen, that fifty k is <laughs> not to cover the cost. That's a yeah. marketing campaign, is what that is." Yeah. And I was also looking at the same thing the other day. I looked at the uh Celastic Kickstarter, they asked for like 180,000 euro. Um, and then you go to their website and they have a 15 man team and they put the Kickstarter out. Uh, they put, they're putting the game out in less than a year and a half, basically, or about a year and a half from the Kickstarter to the launch date. And you're looking at that going, even though they, they got like 250,000 euro or whatever they got from the Kickstarter campaign, that is not enough to pay the salaries of 15 people. So you know that those guys had money to hire all those people and build that prototype and get it to where they did a marketing Kickstarter, which is not the same thing as a fund our project Kickstarter, which is why I, that's when I look at these $10,000 MMO ones, I'm like, yeah, not even, <laughs> no, no red flags all over the place. It's not realistic. It's very different from the present. I think the presentation tells you a lot too, though, you know, because it's like, if you see like what the presentation is and they're talking about like who we are, what we've got, what our funding is, or here's how far we've come, or here's a demo and you get some gauge as to like what they've already got prepared versus like how much they need, like, or comparison to how much they need or they're asking for. And then like what you said, like, you know, what's their background or everything, right? Do they already have a level of experience, uh, a level of funding already there. And is this actually something that's like, we're just aiming low, but we know we're going to do better because look at our background versus we've never heard of you before. We're aiming for this much and we can't even tell you like what we got going on here. I think it's really, it's really that lack of, I think, clarity. And I always go back to like, what's your vision and like, what, are, what's your, how prepared are you right now? And what, what are you bringing to the table already? Um, and, uh, did you guys catch that damn, that damn Chronicles of Illyria update? Like seriously? Yeah, I watched his video, and then I've watched you, and I've watched <laughs> Kira, and I've watched somebody else who I don't remember who they were, but I've watched three people cover the video. I think my favorite part about the video is don't think of it that way. Think of it as an 
an MMO <laughs> as an MMO with an offline version and i was like everyone is like that's a single player game bro like <laughs> what are you talking about here but i i think there was somebody had a good comment on your video sim on your yeah. on on youtube they were like something about they have a prosecutor friend i did not know that they had received a grant yes i did not know they had received a grant because i've i've talked about some of the things that i know from a legal standpoint and i said that's why he's saying this he's talking about these things and he's showing off the internal wiki because he's demonstrating to the public that we had these plans even before the game went into existence so these were there mm -hmm. that heads off any of this this uh, legal argument that well they were just making it up as they go along no we had this here's the dates we can show you that even though we didn't make this public we had this listed that's a legal argument for defense mm -hmm. also the whole aspect of we're going to we want to get something into the backer's hands that is a legal defense. That yep. is a give you something so that you can't say that we didn't yep. give you anything. But the grant issue is that goes beyond the class action lawsuit because that gets into securities fraud. Because if you have taken money from a state or federal source and you either didn't deliver or you delivered something that's completely different than what you – took that money to develop in the first place, that's deep shit territory because that's that's securities fraud and that's the SEC, that's the FTC, that's the federal that's federal prison time. Yep. Like that's not just getting that's not just you losing a class action lawsuit and having to pay money. That's you going to jail because yeah. you fraudulently spent federal funds. So that's a whole nother level of things which should help people understand why he's making these types of videos and why they're out there trying to push mm -hmm. this product even if it's not the same thing it's just to get something out so that he doesn't go to jail like that's a that's a hail mary is what that is yeah because that federal granted or false pretense that's ooh, 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 buddy that'll get you in some problems <laughs> i'm telling you man I just, yeah, it was just like, it felt like another example, too, of, like, game-splaining. It's a turn I coined, I, I coined that term here. It's like, what, was it Gamingo or whatever tried to explain how something's not, or, you know, they try to explain their feature and basically tell you it's not pay-to-win when that's, and then exactly, exactly what a pay-to-win <laughs> scenario is, and you're just going, like, let's try to reframe it so it, like, fits the narrative that we want you to buy into. Um, and yeah. that's, that's... Yeah. Redefine what pay to win is. Like, hey, let, let us, we know it. Let, let us <laughs> explain it. Yeah, we're the experts. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And, and it's just, it's just unfortunate, dude. But, you know, it kind of goes back to it just seems like lately, and I'm not saying Project Seal or some of these other ones are at all, but there are definitely other ones that are popping up. And it seems very clear that's just to get money. I feel like Dreamworld set like um, almost like set a bar of what you can get away with. This is what it feels like for me. Like I see that, I see how they went about it, and it seems like people are like, "Oh, well, if they did this, and it was this ridiculous, then well, I could do, I could do it too. I'm sure I could do something a little bit better, at least get people to buy into it a little bit better than they did." You know, and now there's like all these things coming out of people that are going and doing research and talking to so and so and so and so and. Some of it seems pretty credible, but you don't really I, I can't vouch it myself because I didn't do the research. Um, but, you know, when they're going like homeboy took off after they got paid, took a vacation for a couple weeks. 
And you're just going, oh man, this does not bode well for you guys at all. That goes back to the maybe it was last week when I was talking about some of the some of the reasons that I didn't want to do kicks kickstarter was because one of those ones was the i think this is the last week i talked about it this. was the canadian the canadian company where the guy yes. one of the founders took money to go f- to go build a house yeah. and then another guy got successfully funded and then he took money and went and had a weekend on the town and a bunch of coke and hookers and it's like it's not what the money's for <laughs> it's not he's not yeah it's not for your uh leisure now if you want to start a go me for for cocaine and hookers then <laughs> Right. You know, put that needs to be a backer tier. Or yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's the tier, right? Like, hey guys, if we have hundred K, I'm having a night out. Uh, you know, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, twenty percent of this tier, I'm taking. Taking to go to <laughs> Vegas. <Have> fun. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh man. <laughs> so we actually, we actually do have some pretty. I don't know, man. You know, Oath was a good example too. That one was one. Um, that I was talking about this earlier this week um, when I was doing a stream and we were hanging out and I was chatting with the Ashes fam and we were all like having conversations about some of these games and stuff and I was just like you know I'm really glad I went with Ashes I mean I trusted my gut I feel like there's a lot to be said about instincts but you got to know the difference between instincts and like the other stuff which is you know fear or you know assumption or just buying into someone's presentation of a vision or something and going, oh, it's everything I wanted. You know, it's that hype versus excitement sort of thing. If you get really hyped, you just kind of, sometimes you take a lot of things and then you go and you know, expand upon that and kind of create your own narrative of what it's going to be or some archetype it's going to fit for you. And then you get disappointed later when it doesn't deliver because it wasn't what they presented it to be in the first place. So you got like that side of things and you got the side of things where people are just really misleading and want people to believe in something that isn't actually going to happen. And Oath was one of the games that came up and when i think of a scam starter it's one that potentially has a framework for it in a lot of ways but then there were a lot of things that were going on that just it just doesn't make that one still doesn't make sense i'm still in that discord i did back it it was like one of those i'm gonna throw a 50 in a game and look at it as i'm i'm basically paying 50 bucks to play a game that's gonna essentially hold me over till i can play ashes right and it was like, I think we looked at it. It was like around January. I think I went in their discord. Yes, it was like January of 2020 was the last time they had posted an announcement in there. And what kind of the long and short of if you guys remember, I know I think we talked about this one to some degree here, too, at some point early on the LFM shows. But basically, like Ready Up Studios is going to create this you know, MMORPG had a lot of similar things going on that Ashes kind of did in terms of like building like a guild keep and sieging and stuff and open world PVP and things like that. And they were seeking funding to help, you know, basically better character models and things like that evolve the systems a lot more. They actually showcased them running around in the game and playing and doing different things. It was a pretty good presentation. I'll give them that. Um, I just thought, you know, I got some people in my guild. We're going to we need something to play till Ashes gets here. It's a perfect win. Right. And maybe it takes off. It's a good game. Cool. So I backed it and they were going along, showing updates, had some cool artwork. And then there was that whole fiasco that kind of came uh, came to fruition or came about or whatever. And it was like around the end of 2019. And it was they had some people essentially contracted to do work on the game. And then they those people came out and said, hey, they're not paying us for our work. 
And then this thing got blown up by some other YouTubers. And then there was this whole thing where like this guy, Steven, S-T-E-P-H-E-N on the Discord, who's still there, by the way, is still logged in every day, but has not spoken that thing in ages. Hasn't said anything, nothing. Said they were going to go dark, that they were going to do some, have some legal action towards this other studio. Uh, I think they're in the UK that was, um, you know, basically going to take them to court and all this stuff and that they were still planning on delivering on the game and all this, but they are just silent for over a year now. If I had to guess, um, I was just briefly reading through things to refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the sad part about this. It, it, these are paltry amounts that they're arguing over. The mm-hmm. argument stemmed from um, a grass asset. And if I had to guess, there was some kit bashing going on mm-hmm. and somebody and somebody didn't quite give the the version, they didn't deliver the version that they should have. And the contract stated that all the assets had to be original, right? And so they sent this asset over, which mm-hmm. <clears throat> looked like it was directly taken from the Unreal Asset Store is what yep. I'm reading. Yep. But it. here's the thing. It said these are over a, I mean, the amounts they're talking about is a paltry. One of them is 5,000 US dollars and the other one is yeah. 2,000 British 2000. pounds. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, you know, I don't know what the transfer rate is right now, but a couple thousand pounds is probably $3,500, $4,000 like on an average day. We're talking less than $5,000. And so going to court over something as paltry as $5,000, I'm, I'm just kind of shaking my head over that going, really? Like, misunderstandings happen water into the bridge who knows but that could be one of the reasons why they've just been completely silent Mm. don't know i'm just speculating i'm not in it for anything i literally was just refreshing my mind as i was reading through this article you were Mm. talking Um, it does make sense though it does make sense that if they're in any kind of uh, legal dispute they just until yes well they're not the only studio to do that there have been other studios you know who have done the whole we're going dark and sometimes that's because of a publisher, but sometimes that's also because there's legal stuff going on and they just, mm-hmm. you got to just mm, keep your mouth and shut. I, and I think it was you, Sam, who, when they first started going dark, who was just like, you know, or at least we've talked about it with other games, right? Yeah. Where sometimes, us, uh, especially an indie studio, I mean, even the AAA studios do it, um, that they just don't have yeah. to rely on funding from, uh, you know, regular people. But there's a there's a crunch time sometimes mm-hmm. guys we're not gonna do any updates for a while we just need to crunch we know exactly where we're going to our next uh you know uh goal post or what have you so we're just gonna work on that we're gonna get there so sometimes that's all it is and then it comes back uh back into the light and you can see the massive improvement of what they've done so yeah it's just over a year man it's like damn dude i think the last thing on their uh the news on their Discord was one one twenty twenty, so it was on January first. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. and it still said the game's in development, but we were being a lot more quiet about it because of what happened with uh, OS and the community's response to it. It said Alpha is going to be delayed for a short time because they were planning on having Alpha de- Alpha delivery for people to actually get in and check it out, and so they were actually uh, working on part of like the domain you're going to be running around into. And I remember that there were actual like you know, showcases of running around that domain and everything um, and, and all that. But yeah, they said that they, for a short time, but it's like, um, short time. 
Yeah, wow. It's been a minute. It's been a year, almost a year and a half at this point. Almost. 15 months, something like that. Close. All right, well, listen, we're going to be talking about... I, I got to bring this up. I'm going to throw this a little bit uh, off, off subject yeah, here. Go. But I want to hear the opinion of you guys. Is New World going to release... What is it? September? Is it August? Uh, I don't follow oh, that one as closely. No. It was in the summer or something, wasn't it? Was it? Was it June? Hang on, I'm gonna double check. I thought it was like August or September. Hang on. Cool. August. I see August in chat. Yeah, August. Yeah, August 31st. You guys think it's gonna cool. make it? I don't know, man. I don't even know they're... where they're at with it. I haven't followed well, it much. Yeah. Well, I caught back up with it because you know I, I've already got it. You know reserved because i wanted to play the uh i wanted to see what was up uh, last time they did the test session so um it's so they went back dark and they pushed the date back uh for a little while mm -hmm. there because they were like we're going to add more pve there's not enough right so they've added instance dungeons they look pretty cool they've added you know quests and storylines and all that kind of stuff um they obviously amazon's put a lot of money into it uh and is is mm -hmm. uh they're they're promoting it pretty heavy now they're starting to get back out there and start releasing a lot of stuff and show off the, what they've done but my whole thing is is that um amazon is terrified of releasing this thing uh as and it failing right so they've already changed their vision a couple of times um you know as to what the game even actually is and about the pvp structure etc so if they really do release it on mm -hmm. August 31st. Um, and this isn't a beta alpha. This is launch, right? And it's a flop, right? Is that the end of Amazon? Is the Amazon Game Studios? Are they? What do you think? So I have something that ties into this. Scribbles sent me this the other day. Um, so if you remember recently, Amazon and Tencent parted ways over the recent lord of the rings game so just a quick filler in on that amazon had hired this asian studio to do the game that studio got bought by 10 cent then 10 cent um and amazon could not come to terms so amazon canceled it so uh, Scribble sent this to me the other day, and and it was a uh, we're pondering because there is a job listing in California in Jibo.com for a game director for Lord of the Rings. It said we are looking for a game director to join our Amazon Game Studios team in Orange County to develop a new Lord of the Rings MMO game, and this is directly from A2Z Development Center Inc., which is the development studio that Amazon has put together for video games. So. Again, this is not really confirmed. This is a job listing. I haven't been able to confirm it anywhere else. But it, if this job listing is true, it does appear that what Amazon did was, okay, we're going to cancel it with the Asian studio. We're going to bring it in-house because we've spent all the money. to. We've spent a, we're spending a billion dollars to develop that TV show, and we've already spent all this money. If I had to guess, what they would, what they probably did is they canceled the contract with that company and said, "Turn over all your assets to us because we own it." And now they're taking all that assets, all those assets, and they're putting them into their homebrewed studio in Orange County, California. The fact that they're looking for a game director on that, if this is true, 
suggests to me that no, even if New World fails, they're putting a huge amount of money into the Lord of the Rings and not just the show, but also this other video game project because they anticipate that being a huge moneymaker for them. So I don't think... I don't think even if New World fails, I don't think that's the end of Amazon Game Studios. Okay. I think that they've got other things in there. I actually think New World will do really good, and uh, as long as as long as the game works and there's nothing crazy, um, super horribly wrong. Um, if it's a functioning game, yeah. I think it'll do good just because of the drought, man. Yeah. Well, the I didn't play. Make it... Go ahead. Sorry. I... I was just gonna say this. It's been so long that having Did a brand you... new functional game, you know. Did either one of you play the open beta thing they did like a year ago? I did, yeah. I didn't play it, but I watched videos. It looked like a fairly bug-free experience. Yeah. Can you speak on that? Yeah, it ran really well. The graphics were awesome. Uh, the server, everything everything ran fine. The problem was exactly what they said, that there wasn't enough PvE, right? So you, you just kind of ran around to these same kind of missions um, over and over and over and over and over and over. There wasn't very much variety. Um, there was a lot of variety on uh, enemy types, right? Like, you'd be running through the wild, and you'd see, like, a wild, crazy-looking turkey. You'd see boars. You'd see bears. You'd see all kinds of cool creatures, skeletons, and all kinds of... It felt like a living world. Um, I agree. And then there was the danger of the PvP was pretty fun, too. Um because you could actually escape. It was a little bit more of like an action combat kind of thing. So like you could, uh, I got attacked by, I got jumped by several guys live on a stream and was able to weasel my way and get away from them. Um, so I, it was fun. It was just that like, obviously up until that, uh, to not long before that, they were developing the game to be PvP centric. And so when they just said, oh, people don't want that. Oh, never mind. It's a PvE game. And they slapped this kind of content together. It was super obvious. So if so, they fix that, it's going to be a cool, fun game, um, in my opinion. Well, I would, you know, I know a lot of people like to talk shit about Smedley, but he does have, you know, a lot of experience making games. I don't want to talk about, you know, the things that people, you know, he ruined this game, he ruined this game. He has still had a lot of successful games under his belt and there is a certain amount of project experience project management experience that comes with that and if obviously amazon trusts him enough to do that you're not going to put somebody ahead of a project if you think they're going to fuck it up yeah. um so i mean i i feel like they'll be able to work out those kinks um but i'm also not invested in it because it wasn't and here's why it was a pvp game since they have made the PVE switch, I become a little bit more interested in it. And if it does come out and it proves to be a heavily PVE centric game, then I will probably get on board and play it, um, yeah. just because it's something new and there's a drought, like you said. Right. But yeah, but um, like I'm definitely gonna play it because why not, right? Like we're we're in a drought and that's something to do, and uh, so I'm definitely gonna do it. Uh, but I I I do think that that's the Hey, you know, if they delay this to a point where they have to actually go toe to toe with Ashes of Creation, for example, they're going to get their, they're just going to get it handed to them, right? Uh, I really believe so. Even if New World runs better, even if it's more polished, even if it's, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, they have changed their vision. 
uh, Astro Creation just has a better reputation. Um, the the scariest thing for Ashes right now is overhype, right? Um, that's that's their biggest uh, thing yeah. that could possibly hurt them, right? Is people just thinking this is the you know uh, second coming of of MMOs, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. like yeah. Uh, so Definitely. that's but besides that, you know, they've had a pretty good development path and updates and kept everybody in the know, et cetera. Um, and it's got a lot of hype. Um, that, that reminds me of, um, cause I was in, I was heavily involved in the Vanguard, uh, mm-hmm. alpha and beta. And that game was so overhyped. And I remember one of the worst things about that game, um, was not the game itself. It was the, it was the white knight defenders of, of Vanguard who would just just it was horrible like somebody would can't come on the forums and say i really like world of warcraft and it would just be like kill this person and it was like you know there was this this these people who were just so hyped about that game that it did harm yeah to the game because right. they were just so overly zealous about it it was just like god come on guys it's just a video game like this mm-hmm. is not like this is not a life-changing thing. It's, it's just not a religion, game. right? Yeah. It's not a religion. <laughs> you know, you you can have multiple MMOs. You can come from multiple backgrounds. Yeah. All that's required is that you have fun. Uh, yeah, people get that. We talk about that all the time, dude. That tribalism. I get excited about games, but yes, that because I get excited about games. But the moment that I start seeing tribalism, I that pretty much turns me off yeah. to the game almost immediately because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that because if i come in and it's like um i remember i tried to put one of the times i tried to play world of warcraft uh retail uh i did it with a european server with some people and i was somewhat new and i was playing a hunter and i didn't i just forgot about um pet taunt and so we were in a dungeon and this the person who was the travesty of this was um I was on voice chat and they were not. And so the bulk of the group is in voice chat and, and they weren't. And, and this person just starts going off in chat in game about, you know, well, I'm just going to let you tank then. And I'm like, what? And they're like, well, cause you're obviously, you're just, you know, letting your fucking pet do whatever it wants to do. And I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even oh, know shit. like about turning pet taunt off. And it turned into this person ranting at me for 45 minutes about how oh, I was man. an idiot. And I'm like, I've been playing MMOs for 20 years. Like just cause it's a new game with, for me, it was a new mm-hmm. game. Yeah. I haven't played, you've played world of Warcraft since it launched. And so you're intimately familiar with it. That kind of, when people start doing that kind of stuff, it just, I'm out. I don't want to play your game anymore. And like you can have it. And that's a lot of people yeah. too, right? I think that is probably I would say World of Craft World of Warcraft would have millions more subscribers. Not to say they're hurting, they're doing fine. Yeah. But it would have millions more. Yes. If that didn't happen, right? Because I I've talked to some people. The the hunter thing is like a classic too. Yep. Uh, I've seen that happen so many times where the hunter comes in, doesn't isn't it called growl or something growl. like that? Growl. They, don't, they don't turn it off and there's always that guy who's so quick. I mean, the dungeon just started, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, growl, turn it off. <laughs> and I tell you it everything was... you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was, the thing for me was also the situation where it's like, I come from a, you know, I rated full time from like 99 up until 
2009 and i have world firsts i've had server firsts i ran a top three worldwide guild in everquest 2 for two and a half years you know we had a guild that for seven years we had less than 40 people and we only had two people leave the guild in seven years it was a very wow. tight unit very fun game we did everquest 2 vanguard lord of the rings online it was a lot of fun so i have played at the top level and there was a certain part of me going into world of warcraft where this person was just like ranting at me about how i was a noob about this thing it was like yes totally a noob about that one thing but just the way it was done was just like yeah i i, I don't have time for that that kind of stuff and so that tribalism <laughs> you see it with you see it with game development like all the time do like i mean I, i've covered ashes for a long time right but like even myself like i've seen it in I love y'all my own community that tribalism right it's just true right and this isn't everybody here but there's always like that one or two voices that just are really against the idea of you even exploring another game it happens yeah. it happens in every mmo community too by the way it's not unique to the ashes fam or to eso or to world of warcraft it's they they're like so like you said religiously devoted to it that they just are completely against the idea of somebody exploring something different and when I see that, I actually directly see that and go, this concerns me that you are going to have an unrealistic expectation for Ashes as well. And then when the game launches, something about it's not going to deliver and you're going to be completely against it. Or you're going to be so blindly committed and devoted to it that you're not going to be open to any other ideas outside of what is delivered here. And that doesn't have anything to do with the game itself. It has to do more with like the culture of the community or the player base or the people that, you know, are kind of like supporting it and everything. And you see things on it all the time, you know, on talking about hype and excitement. I'm, I've covered it more times than I can count over the past several years of being really devoted to MMORPG development and stuff like that. But, you know, like when Nathan Renfell and I were talking about it, it's true, man. You, you see like that kind of like hype level and hype concerns me. Excitement, I feel like is a little more grounded in reality. Like you're, you're more grounded in knowing what it is you're going to get and I view myself as I, I think that I, I cause hype because I get excited and people get really like I'll see people in chat talk all the time. I'll be sitting here talking about how excited I am about something around ashes. And then you see them going, you're making it really hard for me not to click, you know, purchase on the alpha pack. And I'm like and I tell them, hey, don't do it just because I'm excited or because of everything I'm saying. You've got to go with your gut. you got to do right by you. you got to feel like this is the right thing for you. And you've got to have a sense of confidence about it for yourself. Right. If there's anything about it that you're concerned about, then you got to like weigh that in. You can't just overlook that either. And there have definitely been times with Ashes when that there were things that were like tough. There were tough times along the way. APOC was yeah. a tough time. Right. It was a very difficult time, both for the community and also for for the studio. And they've acknowledged that. But um, I'm actually when it comes to Ashes, I'm not so much really concerned about the development in itself as much as i am about a couple things specifically and maybe this ties into like a game's longevity longevity i mean um or or just like how it starts but it's always for me there's nothing like an mmorpg launch man oh it's a good experience to be there for one of those man i i'm excited about it it's a very exciting time to be you're like the pioneers man you, you know what I mean? Like people come along yeah. later and it's still a great experience. But when you're there, you don't even have to be in the testing. Just when the servers open 
and you step in there, you meet people and you make friends and you adventure together and you have these stories like all of that is like such a good experience. And you don't really you get that one time with with an MMO if you're not there in the very beginning, you know, and oh man, it's just it's such a good experience. But there's a lot of things that also come along with that, you know, like, is there enough content when the game like I remember SWOTOR played Star Wars Republic Public when it launched played it loved it excelled at it. it was a battle master did the high-end rating like conquered it did it with buggy sew-off fights and everything got it knocked out and then it was like we were sitting there and going okay we're waiting on content it was and, two months max and then there was yeah. nothing else to do and there was nothing else to do you know and you're kind of going damn chipping away and then they did an up uh, update to the content right pipeline and it was like the i remember the name of the patch was like the ragul stuff or whatever and those little like I remember it actually actually had Resident Evil vibes a little bit to me. Mm-hmm. The creatures, yeah, the rat ghouls, yes. And uh, but it just wasn't really enough content, and so then it seemed like a chain reaction to merging servers and stuff like that that kind of came. And I enjoyed that a lot, but um, you know, you yeah. know who's really smart about the servers management, by the way, mm. World of Warcraft, and. The most recent example, yeah, right, is um, when they did Classic, right? And everybody's like, more servers, you need more servers, we're too packed. And they're like, trust me, we know that this is right. Uh, we don't want dead servers have to merge because as soon as that news hits, yes. right, the servers are merging. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to the average person who's been thinking about playing it? Dying. It's dead. Yeah. Oh, this is a dying MMO. Mm-hmm. I might as well not even waste my money. Yeah. Like, so they're really smart about that. And that, man... For the launch of an MMO now, to even think about trying to manage how many servers we're going to do, you know, um, and trying to think of that long term, is I just no thanks. I don't. The the way to do it, honestly, and Mm -hmm. it is an engineering thing, um, is to it's one multi-server. That's it, and you just deal with layering, and you use. I, I don't want to go into the technical side because mm-hmm. I can't explain yeah. the technical side of things good enough. Um, but that's why you look at a game like ESO. They're never, ever going to have that problem because they have mm-hmm. two mega servers. They have a European mega server and they have a North American mega server. Yep. If you do it that way, you never have that issue. But I yeah. do agree that because Warcraft is running on such old server tech, they have to do it that way. They have to have the the multi-servers because that's the way it was built in the beginning and that's just the way it's always going to be done and they can't migrate to another system but a lot of the newer games you're seeing like eso and etc mm-hmm. they have the one mega server um and now with the way tech works i mean back in the day the old servers you could only get you know two to three thousand people on them and like even with warcraft classics new servers i think they said there was i think the cap was fifty thousand on a server if i'm not mistaken i might be wrong on that number but um, I think it was 50,000 was the cap that they were doing for those classic servers. Um, that's a huge difference from the technology of 20 years ago when you could only have like 3,000 people mm-hmm. on the server. But I love the mega server because if you're doing your engineering right and you're doing your layering and, and everything else that's going on, you never have to worry about that ever because it's just, it's always going to modulate itself based on population. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember people were upset. Uh, because they were doing some layering, right? Do you remember that? People were like, oh, this is BS. Classic yeah. didn't have, you know, the original vanilla didn't have layering and et cetera. And it's like, dude, t- take we're a not, 
now, it's man. Like, right, right, right. Like, <laughs> obviously, the, so like, no changes, right? Seriously, there has to be – you can't – first of all, how bad would it really be? How dumb would it really be for Blizzard to actually have released World of Warcraft Classic exactly how it launched back in 2004? Uh, mm. There was issues, there was problems, obviously they had to work out. Um, it would have been hilarious, uh, you know, if they would have, just to be like, okay, you want no changes? This is literally what we released in 2004, right? Um, this, and you guys are going to be begging for changes, you this know? This makes me laugh because my brother and I have been recently, we've been looking at, um, we've been looking at old vans, and we've been looking at new vans, we've been doing, we've been looking into the van life thing, because we're thinking okay. about maybe, maybe getting, doing some business in that arena. But this made me laugh. This makes me laugh because one of the things that drives me nuts is there's a part of me that likes the idea of going back and and buying an early 2000s or a late 90s van that's got you know 200,000 miles on it, but those cargo vans can run for you know like a good diesel engine. You can get a million miles out of it before it has yeah. to be overhauled. So if you get something that's got a quarter million miles on it, you pick it up for five, six thousand dollars, you could still get a good chunk of life out of it. But the thing that drives me nuts is I'm looking at the interior going, there's no Bluetooth, there's no like and the gas mileage is gonna be shit compared yeah. to like a modern vehicle. Like there's a certain amount of like, yeah, it's old and it's better because it's older, it's cheaper and all this other stuff. But what about all the modern conveniences that we take for granted? That like I don't, you know, I like having Bluetooth because I can I have so much on my phone that I can literally just jack straight in. I don't need to listen to the radio. I don't need Sirius. I don't need, you know, I've got Pandora. I've got you know I could listen to YouTube, whatever yeah. the case may be. I've got unlimited data on my phone, and it's just like it's that it reminded me of that in that sense of sometimes when we're looking back, we take for granted some of those things that. Mm -hmm back in the day we didn't even know we're bad and then yeah. now it's like you really don't want that <laughs> you don't yeah. and things have progressed you know like things especially when you're talking about technology man it just you can't uh so like if also the funny my favorite part of classic was that they launched it and do you remember all the people who were like hey you turn you tuned down the difficulty it's like bro you've been playing world of warcraft Yes. For 15 years, man. Yes. This isn't your first time playing. It's not as hard now as it was then uh -huh. when you didn't know what the hell you were doing, right? Like, and, and it, I, was, it yeah. was hilarious. It was absolutely, and they were like, actually, here's the data. This is exactly the difficulty. You know? My wife had never, never really played MMOs, and I got her to try uh, Classic. But before that, I got her to try Retail for a little bit. Okay. And and I think I might have touched on this before with you guys talking. She loved the movie, was like, and I told her this, this is based on a video game. And she's like, oh, and then so she mm -hmm. tested it out. But the funny thing was, was because we were testing in retail. And so she got accustomed to running around, what is it, Ashenvale, the night elf mm -hmm. area. She got yeah. accustomed to running around and being able to, like, we got 10, 15 mobs on us. And we're just mowing <laughs> through them. And then classic stuff. <laughs> and she gets like two and she dies and she's literally going why didn't you heal me what's going on and then so she started like we were like she wasn't used to it because she had gotten used to being able to just mow through like 15 20 moms and she was getting very frustrated by the fact that she was having to be careful and had you know pull one not three yeah. only pull one and then the murloc thing that scared the shit out of her because it's like <laughs> 
<laughs> Warlocks are so dangerous in classic. Like, yeah. they yeah, come out of nowhere, are. and the next thing you know, you got seven of them on you, and you're just dead. Um, yep. And so she very quickly understood the whole thing, and then just you'd hear them coming, and it's just run. I do a yeah, really the... good Murloc impersonation, by the way. Let's hear it. Sure. Let's hear it. La, 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 la. Can't you go. Well, I'm not even gonna try. You're welcome. But, but, you, you, the Murlocs in Classic were genius because by the time you get to that, which is pretty early in the game, but by that point you think you understand aggro range really well. Like you really think you've got it. But the Murlocs aggro range is just a little bit bigger, and so they get you, man. They and get they're you extremely social. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fun times. Oh man. We got someone in chat Z saying she can she can do better. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for recorded evidence of said <laughs> proof. We need proof. Yeah, or it's you know speculation. Speaking of Blizzard stuff though, uh, I got this from and you know Scribbles has sent a bunch of stuff too. So I'm gonna be honest. I'm not sure who sent this. I'll get stuff from multiple people during the week, but I I catalog it. And I'm like thanks, man. But there's this Twitter post from Massively OP that Activision Blizzard's quarter one 2020 one financials that they lost 29% of its overall active player base in three years. Did you read the counter to that? No. The counter to that is their revenue is up by like 70%. Oh yeah. We talked about that recently too. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the flip side to this from a business standpoint, the company is doing extremely well because profits are up and that's what investors want. Well, how are Mm -hmm. profits up? You cut a bunch of people and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, it's an interesting catch 22 because yes, player numbers are way down, but profits are way up. So they're countering mm-hmm. that. So from a business perspective, from an investor standpoint, they're doing right by the investors and they're doing good business numbers. But it also makes me laugh because they were just talking about in those, in the same token, like their plans for the next year or two is we got to hire 2000 new employees to invest all this manpower into our franchises so that we can make things better and do bigger and better things. It's like, well, it just, it blows my mind that you, so you got to lay off 5,000, lose players, raise money, and now turn around and hire new people. Like, and I guarantee you the people they're going to hire on the next round are not going to be old blizzard staff. Cause those people are, have mm-hmm. seniority and want more money. They're going to get new blood who are willing to come in and work for next to nothing. Cause they want industry experience. Yep. And you can With get a blizzard. For, Right. Yes. So that's a big deal. You say I work for Blizzard, you know, yes. yep. this project, et cetera. So th- I think it it appears to me that that's the age we're in with the the, the with the uh, video game industry is. Don't get rid of the old hats, right? Get rid of them. They're too expensive and we can mm-hmm. hire the new blood on because we've already built this reputation and name and they'll be willing to do it for cheaper and we can, you know, make the investors happy, right? So um, that's a pretty big deal when you run a company, uh, you know, making the investors happy, right? So uh, a lot of times companies will make all kinds of decisions uh, just just for that one reason. Like, look, we got to make the investors happy this quarter, and then we'll get back to uh, finding a way to, to do what we did before at a lower cost, right? Uh, on, that, on that same note, because um, it came out last week too, the same – it was on the same – timeline i think is that blizzard tweet um there was a controversy around um the 
cyberpunk 2077 mm. executives getting these big multi-million dollar bonuses and everyone's going they don't deserve the bonus because cyberpunk 2077 was such a fucked up launch That's right. you know but but the rebuttal to that was a our contracts have been in place for years B, our contracts are tied to profit, and the company right. was profitable even though the game had a bad launch. And everyone gets profit sharing at that company, not just yeah. the top mm. executives. Yeah. So, from a business standpoint, yes, they had a they had a game that had a bad launch, but the company was still profitable. And if someone's contract is tied to profit, then from a business standpoint. They have hit their objectives, done what they were obligated to do, gone above and beyond, and successfully done the things that they promised their investors they were going to do. The gamers might not be happy, but from a business standpoint... Successful. They're obligated. Yeah, they're obligated to do that. Uh, So it would be actually more screwed up if they didn't meet the obligations that they promised, right? So, yeah, I read that and was like, oh, come on. That's silly. Like, of course they got it. Look at the numbers, right? They, I get it. It was a bad launch, and I was super hyped for the game, and I've just chilled sure. on it for a while, just wait until – because they will fix it. We're talking about CD Projekt Red. They're, they're super yeah. devoted to the games they release. It'll be okay. Yeah. Just wait a while. They'll get I've it. been – I mentioned this at the beginning. I've, um, I played it at launch of the PS4, and it was really bad. Um, I've been playing mm. for the last few days and they've added a bunch of the patches. It is way better. Nice. Um, I've still seen a couple of instances on the PS4 where there's a little bit of hitching when you get into some heavily populated areas, but I haven't had a single blue screen crash. All the bugs that were in it before seem to have been gone, but I mean, they've done like nice. seven or eight big patches now. Um, and again, I'm on the PS4 version of it, which was the worst version of it. Yeah. And it's, it feels if this was what would have launched, I feel like the reputation wouldn't have gotten tarnished yeah. the way it did. Um, yeah. But it has gotten better as an FYI. Though. No. So if you were I, waiting to chill on it, it you know, it's it's better I may, now. I may dive back into it then. I think I, it's I, worth it now. One really bad glitch. This was the one because I was putting up with a lot of glitches, right? And I was like, ah, it's okay. The game's very ambitious, right? Um, but the one glitch that really threw me off was. My kids run in like, oh, let me see Cyberpunk, right? Oh. And I'm in a situation where there shouldn't be nothing happening inappropriate because the game has a lot of inappropriate things for children, right? But they run in to see Cyberpunk. And I'm in front of a mirror, right? It got clothes on, it, right? <laughs> like, uh, I've seen some issues with that. But that, <laughs> yeah. didn't, that didn't happen to me. But then I move. And for no reason, well, this shouldn't even be in the game at all. I don't even know how this is possible. The zipper was open. You don't have to zip your zipper <laughs> in the zipper game. Bug. And, and my man parts were hanging out. And I was like, oh, my God. Jiggle effects and all. And I was yeah. like, oh, kids, go away. <laughs> Stay out of my office. Knock on the door. You know, like, get geez, man. You got the oh zipper bug. God, I never dude. saw yeah, this. I never saw it. I mean, oh it was just, dude. like, the worst timing. They run in immediately. I mean, immediately. It's just like, I'm like, oh, no. Get out. Dude, you know the you know one thing I wanted to like mention too when we were talking about the Blizzard situation is how many times do we see them publish something like every year or so about how like they're down? Does it seem like it happens? Like I mean, it was like year after year. I remember playing it. It was like 
ever since like Wrath of the Lich King, it's like they're down this many subs, they're down this, they're down that, and it's like they're clearly still thriving, man. Like, what's it come down to? It's like, are they making money? Is the business successful? Dude, I think the lowest that thriving. I've seen it go is like I think the lowest I've seen World of Warcraft was five million active subs was the lowest that I know of, and that was somewhere somewhere before they did the classic. Yeah, and then they did classic, and then they. They've, they've got another three to five million, I think. I don't know what the numbers mm -hmm. are now, but I, I remember when Classic first launched, it was around, I think, four million people who were just playing Classic mm -hmm. on top of the other people who were playing retail. So they got back up into that, you know, eight to 10 million active subscribers. But even if you've only got, that's the thing, even if you've, I say only, even if you only have five million actors those people are still paying 15 still bucks a month to play your game and yeah. that is a hugely successful highly healthy yeah. product super healthy yeah and mm -hmm. and you can log on to mm -hmm. classic right now yep. start a new tune and there is new players everywhere and it's crazy to me how how often i'll talk to somebody and be, and be like this got to be an alt right and they're like nope i just started playing today like dude Every, it doesn't matter when you log on. People who it's their first day playing World of Warcraft, like ever, like so uh, that's pretty healthy to me. And mm -hmm. then you go to like pubs and cities, and there's just super crowds, and it's like, man, this is definitely still the most popular MMO. We um we we were talking too last time we talked about the disconnect between the player base and developers and things of that nature. We kind of got into the domain of talking about crowdfunding. I definitely want to hit on that, right? Because that's kind of where we're at today and I don't want to miss it. But there were a couple other things that I felt like were pretty important to talk about because I something I mentioned to last week. Well, actually, we, Brenfo, we both talked about this and then I referenced it also this week a couple of times. Because I do feel like we're in this time where when you look at crowdfunding and game development and like monetization and things of that nature like there's a lot of legal situations right now that are happening oh my god yeah. all at once and i think a uh -huh. good example and i think you actually renfield brought this one up before the show and i thought maybe you could kind of like kick this off in this regard we sure. hit on a couple others as we get into the crowdfunding domain of talking about that a bit um but you talked about now there's the epic versus iphone thing we've talked about it here on the on the show a bit but there was an update recently that i didn't catch could you kind of tell people about that uh I gotta remember which because I was talking about a few things before the show. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the most interesting things to me, because this this might tie into the Discord and PlayStation conversation a little yeah. bit. If you're, if you're, there are a lot of reasons why people should be paying to the Epic versus Apple lawsuit because it's not just about Epic versus Apple. It's Epic, Apple, it's PlayStation, it's Windows, it's Xbox. Yeah. It's it's a huge international thing that's pulling in all of the big parties. Yeah. So the interesting thing was, I know one of the things to take away from this was, uh, so the Discord was in talks with Microsoft and Discord turned down Microsoft and it was an $11 billion deal that they turned down. And then uh, two weeks later, just a couple days ago, Discord announces or PlayStation announces that they are now doing a partnership with Discord and they're going to be um, getting Discord in. And the reason that's important is because part of the documentation that's as a part of the discovery process in the Apple versus Epic lawsuit is the fact that that Epic had to pay PlayStation for cross-platform uh, playability with, for Fortnite. 
mm-hmm. because um, for uh, PlayStation said, no, we're not going to allow crossplay. And Epic was like, please, 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 we'll, we'll pay you for it. Like, we will make it profitable for you to do that. And PlayStation eventually relented. Also, and I don't have the documents in front of me, so yeah. don't don't crucify me if I'm if I'm misquoting exactly. But when they were doing the numbers for Fortnite, Fortnite made something in the ballpark of eight to nine billion dollars in the fiscal year that they're looking at, and and only seven percent of that came from the uh, iOS. And if I'm not mistaken, seventy percent of that income was from PlayStation slash console income. So Think about that for a minute. This all ties in together. Discord turning down an $11 billion offer from Microsoft because it wants to get into bed with PlayStation. And then looking at the fact that PlayStation, aka and consoles, makes Fortnite 70%, you know, billions of dollars of income. I think PlayStation is a much bigger player in the scope of things than people think. And it's affecting multiple industries it's not just about the console industry it's also about the pc industry it's about the mobile industry all of this is going to cause legislature that's going to affect everybody and at the same time that all this is going on we have a class action lawsuit against steam for an antitrust lawsuit which is the same thing that epic sued apple for it's an antitrust competition thing people saying there's no reason you should be charging 30 percent when epic only charges 12 as a result fyi microsoft just announced that they are reducing their cut of pc games being sold through their xbox live service i guess what it's called mm-hmm. uh they're now reducing their cut from 30 percent down to 12 percent following in epic's footsteps epic just bought ArtStation. ArtStation previously had a 30% revenue cut that they took from artists, which is now reduced to 12%. Now we have this lawsuit going against Steam because of their 30% cut. I guarantee you we're going to see Steam reduce their cut down to 12% because of all the other companies doing it and the fact that they have an antitrust lawsuit. And at the same time that all of this is going on, Sony just got hit with an antitrust lawsuit for the PlayStation Store about the um sales of it's 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 the sales of digital products being exclusive and therefore it's undercutting retail uh merchants and their ability to make sales and actually make a living which is the argument that gamestop has of why they've failed because they're not able to compete in the digital market because all these companies like steam and playstation and etc have a monopoly on Mm -hmm. the market all of this is extremely important because what is going down in court right now yeah. with Apple versus Epic, this other class action against Steam, the other class action against Sony, this is all going to force regulation from it a is. federal standpoint yep. that is going to affect the gaming industry as a whole. Yep. Sorry, I went a little ranty there. And but that's, that's it. Perfect summary. And, that's it. That's the and, whole circle. And what, what will probably come of this is there will probably be a federally uh, mandated, at least the United States, right, that says if you own a product and you have a store where everyone has to funnel through your store in order to purchase, this is the max percentage you can charge, right? Um, it'll probably be around 12%, I would assume, something something mm-hmm. in those. So they may go a little higher, maybe 20 right? Um, and then let them compete for, for who wants to. Right. The monopoly thing is a big deal because the government, we've seen the government, you weren't here for this last week, Nathan, but we were talking about how when you look at Wall Street, that's heavily regulated by the FTC and the SEC in terms of, because they've had 
decades to see all the bad shit that's happened and they regulate when they have bad situations. We've seen enough Bernie Madoffs and, you know, those types of things spring up. But when we talk about crowdfunding, it's so new. Mm -hmm. There isn't a lot Mm -hmm. of legislation in place. Same thing with Steam, uh, Xbox Live, PlayStation Live. These are, these are, uh, uh, marketplaces that have only sprung up in the last decade. Yeah. Uh, more or less, you know, I'm, I'm, let's say air quotes around that decade thing, but, um, nothing's regulated at the moment. And when you look mm-hmm. at the other industries that have been around for a long time, they are regulated. And this is one of those things where it's just, now we're getting into this situation where the government has stepped in in the past and broken up companies because they, they had a monopoly on mm-hmm. something. And I mean, right now we're also seeing federal, the federal government is trying really hard to regulate social media platforms for the same reason, because they're trying to say like Google has a monopoly, Facebook has a monopoly. Facebook in particular has gotten in a lot of hot water over the last couple of years because they've, they have aggressively gone out there and just bought their competition to just keep, keep the competition from even existing it's like well if you're going to compete screw you we're just going to buy your company whatsapp instagram oculus plenty of examples um so yeah it's going to be very interesting to see from you know federal standpoint what happens in regards to all these you know ios the apple store in particular steam in particular um yeah, and that's just the tip of the iceberg because I know we want to dive into the crowdfunding stuff. So too. yeah, so perfect tie-in then as you think about a crowdfunded game and you think about what's going on with right now with Chronicles of Illyria, and this one's um I mean this one's uh, the hot one right now. I mean you got other games that have been crowdfunded clearly like you got Star Citizen, you got there's a lot of crowdfunded games that have actually done really well. I think Path of Exile wasn't that crowdfunded mm-hmm, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, and that one oh, Path of Exile has an amazing not to rant, but I do. It started off with two guys, yep. built this thing, put it on Kickstarter, got some money, expanded oh, yeah. their team to like, I think like 16 or 18 people. Then they just went boom, 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 boom. And their oh. game got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Tencent came in and said, we're going to give you 20. Oh, I think it was like 120. I forget. I have it written down somewhere because we were using it as a case study when I was doing uh, investor pitches for Saga. Um they were a good case study because I think it was like 120 million or something where Tencent just came in and said, you've grown your team from two people to like 120 people. We want to give you all this money. We don't want to change anything that you're doing. We want you to keep doing it the way you're doing it. You retain creative control. We just want to cut your pie. And here's a bunch of money to allow you to expand your team even bigger, which is the way investments should be done. Um, But um, Path of Exile is a great case study for a company that did it right. They went from a Kickstarter with two guys to a company that now has hundreds of employees and they're coming out with path of exile two now. They did their, they did their first convention two years ago. Um, 2019, I think they did the first big conference in New Zealand. Great company to look at grinding years games. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wait, who did I just (laughs) rant about the wrong game? Yeah, it's like grinding gear games is what that. Yeah, we're or talking about Path of Exile. Yeah, Path yeah, of that's Exile. that company, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm not wrong. I was reading chat thinking that I was on the wrong company for a bit because I, I was right. like, wait, what were we talking about? Pillars of Eternity or Path of Exile? Yeah, because didn't we talk about that last week too? Yeah. Well, we talked about Path of uh, Pillars of Eternity last week. Yeah. Gears game. 
I love Pillars of Eternity. By yes, the way. second one's um, even better. Pirate I agree, ships. and it didn't get as much. You know, uh, people. You know, they didn't go yeah. as crazy about it, but but it was a better game. Uh, twice, as, it was twice the size, and so much better. Yeah, it was. It was, and it was so much. Uh, it was such an upgrade too. Like Pills of Eternity came out the perfect time. We hadn't had a, a a CRPG like that that felt, you know, like the old school games in a long time. So it was perfect for when it released. And then Pills of Alert, uh, of Eternity two just literally took that into a. They polished more it modern. More. It polished it up. Yeah, I, I like both games. Um, but there, there, the problem is, is that like there's not enough examples of crowdfunding yet right um well like successful ones new. Yeah. successful ones right um it's fairly it's a fairly new thing and with the mmos we we have much fewer examples that have launched um and so uh, you know we're just at that we're at that point where these people who are faking it or trying to scam people or have no idea what they're doing they're not trying to scam this have no clue what they're doing they're going to ruin something good, which was trying to go around publishers, right? Um, we all complained that publishers were the problem, so they found a way around it. Now you've got yes. all these leechers coming in, right? And so they're going to they're gonna ruin freaking everything because uh, this really should be the future of MMOs is put it in the player's hands. So then the, you know, the question is, is that we're going to pose here is we look at, I mean, we're, we're in this age where I think that like Grenfell's been talking about, we even talked about last time. It's like we're in an age where things are going to change. Like this is a pioneering period for game development. At least that's the way I've I've been definitely viewing it for some time now as well. And uh, so when you think about if you're, you know, I remember that developer that hit me up, like Scribbles had sent him my way and they were asking me some questions and kind of like, you know, ways to go about crowdfunding their game. It's so I'm like, well, I'm just a guy who's giving you his two cents and basing it off of just being a gamer guy and what I experience in the stories I've seen. Right. I can't speak from any other capacity than that. And, um, you know, it did get me thinking like overall, like what do we all, and this is people watching, listening later us here right now. Like what's the best way to go about funding your game. If you're someone who's trying to create a game, doesn't want to have to go the, the, you know, the other route of, you know, having people that are, you know, have an, an investors like you know crowdfunding is is a way to not have to have actual investors right or like having to have a big pool coming from a company or someone who's telling you how to how to do things what's the best it's not necessary yeah what's the best way what's the i don't know what in our minds is one of the better ways to go about doing that for someone who's brand new i was also going to say it's not necessarily a <clears throat> bad thing to have somebody telling you what to do if you're just an idea person mm. who doesn't have any project management experience or marketing True. experience you need somebody telling you what to do True. because otherwise if you don't have that vision and you don't have, and you've never done anything like this before and you've never done a successful product launch, doesn't necessarily have to be a video game, but you need to have some sort of product launch mm. experience underneath your belt to be able to make it happen. Right. Perfect um, full circle to that conversation about project steel and some of the other games we looked at earlier saying, you know, it doesn't really like seem like maybe they have a whole lot of, you know, direction or like a vision and like helping structure that. At least that's my perception of those games because that's what I think is lacking. Doesn't yeah, I think organized. if you're if you're new to the industry, okay, if you're new to this, um, 
uh, and I'm going to say specifically if you're new to game development, right? Mm. And you don't already have a reputation, you already have products you can show or or talk about or refer back to, right? Then in my in, in my opinion, you need to make the game in some capacity, right? You need to have a game, right? In it could be a lot of gray box. It could be, you know, a lot of assets. It doesn't matter. You need to show that you can do it, right? And you're just going to have to grind life. You know what I mean? You're going to have to work another job, uh, you know, to pay the bills and do it as a hobby or or what have you. Uh, if you can afford to quit your job and do it full time, then fine. But you need to have something ready for the players, right? Because we're in at least phase two of crowdfunding right now for MMOs where now people are beginning to be like, that's a scam. 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 Uh, so yeah. even when you are successfully crowdfunded and you have a development path and you're showing updates and you're updating people, et cetera, people are going to call you a scam until they have it in their until hands. Until it's launched. Until now, it's launched. Yeah. I, I can, I can speak on two things because I have successfully, regardless of, the fact that I'm no longer involved with the project anymore, mm -hmm. I can talk about a lot of what I did for six and a, almost seven years yeah. from that perspective. But I can also say, because I want I want to tie this into something that we talked about last week when you weren't here, Nathan. And I, and I think this is going to be very important because this does tie back into the Chronicles of Illyria situation, the Dreamworld situation, oh, yeah. the Star Citizen situation, where one of the downsides to crowdfunding is the moving goalpost which is you have people who are fanboys and supporters yes. and white knights, and they're willing to look the other way and keep giving you money. I could even say this is true for Panthen. I, I know you don't want me to say that, but but it I is. could say that's true for them it as is. well because I've seen their goalposts moving as well. Oh, certainly. Um, yeah. And the reason is because – and this is my brother who actually mentioned this on one of our Mondays in MMRPG episodes. Companies get comfortable because – the crowdfunding is allowing them to have an ongoing revenue stream that, that doesn't stop. And so there's never a sense of, oh, crap, we have to get something out the door to get paid. It's a situation of, well, they're giving us money. We might as well add this thing and let Feature Creep do this and move that goalpost over here and do this instead because they're going to keep forgiving us and keep giving us money. Whereas if you do traditional investment or a bank or a credit card loan or whatever the case may be, especially if you go with like a publisher or a bank – there is a there is a steel post in the sand that is called a milestone, and it has a payment attached to it. And there are multiple milestones for the amount of money you're asking for. And if you don't hit a milestone, you don't get paid. You don't get paid, no one gets paid. And if no one gets paid, development stops. So there's a sense of we need to do X, Y, and Z because if we don't, we don't get paid. So that's mm -hmm. the the pro to crowdfunding is it allows you to bypass the milestones and the strictness of publishers and and everybody else telling you that you have to cut these features and get this done and everything else and you trade that for being able to say well we're going to do it our way cool but that also has allowed this situation where over the past six eight years now we now have games that have been in crowdfunding development for a almost a decade i think star citizen is the longest it's on 11 uh, it's on nine years right now next year it will be 10 years i backed the kickstarter 2012 i believe is when that was so it's it's going to be 10 years next year and they still don't have a launch date for their game good or bad doesn't matter if you believe in the project or not this is one of those things where the government is going to start to step in and say hang on a second you're 
there's an endless tap that has to be regulated. Like we need to, because you've gone now from telling people you were going to deliver a product on your Kickstarter page that was this. Now you're saying you're developing these two separate products. Now, and that's, that's when you get into uh, customer uh, protection laws and SEC and FTC laws. So that kind of ties in. Um, I do want to circle back unless you have something to say, either one of you. Um, I do want to circle back and I can talk a little bit from an insider perspective of, of what we did and what I went through um, with Saga. Yeah, I'd like to hear the um, insight there for sure. I think we've talked so, about the stuff I want to share. I think I've already actually ranted about. So, Okay. Yeah. Um, from a development standpoint, and anybody who has been around the block a long time, I know the videos are no longer there on YouTube which is unfortunate. Um, if you happen to have links to those and they haven't been completely uh, moved to private, I know a lot of the videos are just unpublished now. And if you yeah. go to places like massively and MMRPG.com, you can still find links to these videos. But mm -hmm. I did over 500 videos in six and a half years documenting the process of that game. And one of the things that I always talked about was we were documenting the process. And I was very proud of the fact that when we started that product, none of us, had any game development experience when we started that project and that's okay it's not a bad thing to not have experience as long as you're open and upfront about it and that's why we did the documentation process of showing people this is exactly how we did it um and we didn't start taking money for a product until we in, in september of 2015 was when we opened up the pre-order store and I believe it was the day after or two days after. I I don't have the timeline open in front of me, but sometime immediately after, we had our first official login. And, I mean, Dungeon Crawler Network, I mean, I mm. can't even remember all the people who went out there and streamed that first, that first alpha access. It was horrible. It was buggy. It was laggy. But everybody had a hell of a good time. But we had a product that you could actually touch yeah. and access and get into and even though it was a buggy product and but we were very upfront about that you know you had to go through i made people click through like 10 different times i understand you have no development experience i understand it's going to be buggy i understand that you guys have no development experience i understand that you guys have no development experience i understand that you guys have no, like hammering home on the fact that you're we're not game developers we're just doing this and you need to before you give us any money understand that mm -hmm. um Crowdfunding for us or selling pre-orders in that sense was never about making money because we were paying for everything out of our own pockets and working for free. It was a way to gate access to the products so that we didn't get people there for the wrong reasons, people who just want a free preview. But there's also the other aspect of that, which is it did help with um, paying for uh, business expenses and server costs and legal expenses and accountants and lawyers and and assets and licenses and all those things. And those numbers were very valuable later on down the road because when we got to the point where I was on stage at the Austin Game Conference at the end of 2017 presenting to the indie game dev thing for Intel, and you've got you know Jack Emmerich there from Daybreak and all these people, and they're coming and playing our game and all this stuff was going on. And then we've got perfect world publishers talking to us. I was able to then navigate that and say, okay, you're, you're telling us this is possible. Here's what we've already done. And that was what led us to the beginning of the investment 
conversations where we then switched from being primarily driven by by um, pre-order sales to being primarily driven by investments. Because then we were able to take those numbers and say, we did this with no development experience. We went from here. I'm looking at my screen weird. We went from here to here, and it's been a steady upward climb. And the pre-order numbers, not necessarily the sales numbers, but the amount of people who bought in along with social media draw and amount of people on the newsletter and amount of people on the forums and discord numbers and all that stuff. That's all positive growth. And then you start presenting that to investors and that just kept going up to the point where I then was able to get Bob Brown signed to the company in March. I think it was in March of 2020. Yeah. Bob Brown was the VP of uh, Activision Blizzard for 20 plus years, VP of global sales. You don't get to that point by, and here's the thing going from, no development experience to that all the way up in that continual study was a result of just continually documenting and just showing people exactly what we're doing. We have progress, 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 progress. Evidence. And I will also toot, I will also toot my own horn for a minute and say that we didn't have and I'm going to say this and it's going to sound bad because I looked at the $500 alpha tier for path for uh, ashes. And I went, Nope. Um, yeah. Our at the beginning, $40, the lowest tier possible got you into every single alpha ever, every single pre alpha build for saga that we ever had. So the minimum buy-in was $40 and that immediately got you access. And that helped us a lot because we weren't tying alpha access to a like, in pantheon a thousand dollar or say ashes where it's a five hundred dollar i'm not saying those are bad ways to do mm -hmm. it it's just a different business model but for yeah. us having it tied to a forty dollar tier because we literally went into it going we don't have development experience we can't charge people five hundred dollars for our shitty little buggy mess like 40 bucks will get you in and you can have fun and play around with lagginess and and all the other stuff mm -hmm. but i i was never a big fan of of wanting to charge people an arm and a leg for that. But if, if I, I say all that to say this, cause this might answer your question, Nathan, which is, uh, um, I think you're going to forget who asked the question now, but in terms of how do you do that? Like how, how do you successfully crowdfund? If you're a nobody, you have to have, like you said, you have to have a product, not an idea. Don't show me yeah. a, tr a video of a bunch of trees. Yeah. Okay. I need I need to I need to see people logged into the game. I need to see a server that's actually functioning. I need to see people playing together in real time. I don't want to see a pre-rendered trailer like Chronicles of Valyria did with their Kickstarter. I want to see what does your game look like? I want to know that the moment I purchase, I can jump in and touch it. And Scribbles talks about this a lot on our Mondays and MMORPGs episodes. Everybody listening, vote with your wallets. Yes. That's how you curb this bullshit of companies yeah. coming along and selling you on a dream yep. without actually having any sort of tangible evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would say, in my opinion, that this all started, the whole crowd the whole idea really started back in the day when we were much younger. And GameStop started the pre-orders, right? And that was the big thing. And they pushed them, and that was what you did. And if you want a copy, you got to pre-order it, and you pay in advance. And back then, 
we our brains began to just say, if I want this game on launch day for sure, then I must pay in advance, right? And I, I, I have a lot of people from the GameStop industry. I'm not talking bad about them. You know, they were running a business. They were doing what they had to do, right? Not talking bad about them. But it is a fact that if you came in on launch day and you didn't have a pre-order, they could have 50 copies unnamed go to nobody sitting in the back and they would say, we don't have any because that was good for business mm. because next time you're going to pre-order, right? And they were known to do that. And uh, there's been lots oh, yeah. of leaks and everybody knows now, but that that's, that's how they started this. And it, it kind of shaped us into, and it eventually became to where crowdfunding was a totally understandable you know, thing like, hey, I'll pay for the game in advance anyway. It's all I'm doing. And I still agree, actually, with uh, a lot of what you're saying because I've seen companies, uh, Shinmu, Shinmu uh, 3, right? That's a good example uh, where it had been years since Shinmu 2, and there was this big fan base of people who wanted to see the sequel and what happens in the story, et cetera. And so Yu Suzuki, who, you know, Sega fame, Sonic, and all, all kinds of things, he decided. I need investors, and I can't completely crowdfund this, right? But let me prove to investors that there is a market for me to do this really old game that technically was the downfall of the entire empire of Sega, right? So he did the Kickstarter. It was a huge success, and then he started getting investors. Sony invested in all kinds of other companies. So um, crowdfunding can be many reasons why, just to prove to, to get a bigger investor, which is what Pantheon did, right? Um, that's exactly was their goal from the beginning is, hey, let me, Brad McQuaid was like, look, I don't, I think there's an audience for this. Um, the one classically inspired MMORPGs. Let me put it out there on crowdfunding, see if there really is. And they failed. It did not get the attention traction needed. So then they had to do their own crowdfunding on the website, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, he was a big name in the industry too, right? Like you had Brad McQuaid, EverQuest, et cetera. So when you're a big name, it's different than what you had to go through, which is, hey, I'm a new name, Buddy. but this is an old product too. You didn't have some new product you thought of yesterday and scribble on napkin, right? Yeah. You had a whole world. You had, you know, you, you had this lore. You had everything already ready to roll before you even started making the game. So that's that's another thing too is like, if you're coming into it with no. a, a, a long history of a of a place and then you're pitching that and then you have a game to back it up, right? Uh, that's that's how you need to do it. That's what you do. Defend the Knights doing something very similar, right? Where, very similar. And they're yeah. they're very adamant that they're not they're not taking a dime from yep. anybody until they have an actual playable product that is bug free. You know, and and playable, and there's something there, which is a smart. It's a yeah. smart move. Um, like it's it. hard. It's hard too because, like, um, I can speak freely uh, because I'm not attached to them in any way. But they <laughs> went through some hell, dude. Um, yeah, they went through hell because it, they're unpaid, right? Like, it's hard to keep people. It's hard to yeah. you know keep people invested for this many years, etc. Yeah. And the grind. The oh, we lost. Grind. We lost. I think between. I, I'm thinking between the time when we started Saga 2014 and then, you know, by the time I have, I, like I said, my brother and I haven't been involved since the end of last year. Um, I think there have, there have been off the top of my head around 20 people who have come and gone, who they came in, 
and they were able to do it for three to six months. And then they were like, I can't. Um, and this is before we got investors and before all that other stuff, like just in the, in the first year and a half before we even formed the LL, like, well, in the first year before we filmed the LMC, we had like one of the first guys who started with us in the very beginning. He was part of our P99 group who was like, I'm in. That was like February. And by, I think by August or September, he was out because he was like, hey guys, you know, my fiance needs me and I just don't have the time to volunteer on a project of this scope. I had a high school friend of mine who was involved in the beginning, but by the time we formed the LLC, he was out because he had just had a new baby with his wife and it was like, I just can't do it. We had like four artists in that time who came in and did like five or six pieces of concept art. And then we're like, I'm just not going to be able to do it because it's just too much in between my college and my day job. And that's the reality of volunteer work on a project like that, um, which is also why you get, unless you're in a star citizen situation where you've got millions of dollars coming in, it's infinitely harder for indie teams who are bootstrapping. Mm. Um, using defend the night is another good example of that. Cause they're also bootstrapping and they've had people come and go. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's, and not going to toot my own horn about this, but at the same time, it's a little different when you're the founder on the project, because you're a lot more willing to put in the 80 hours a week than the intern who's just looking for credit yeah um, that's a good point because you're not invested at the same level right as, as the founder is yeah yeah i think defend the night's been pretty adamant for well i've been like dug in with them for like two years following them and supporting them and kind of like way back when man and they've just the whole time it's like we are not willing to take this to any kind of a crowdfunding domain until we have a product that we can share that we're proud of that we can showcase you just and, can't these days too, because there's so many fuck ups yeah. that have ruined it for everybody else. And not just the Chronicles of Illyria. Like we all know Chronicles of Illyria, right. that's the big one. Yep. There are other scenarios, not gonna get into naming names them. or pointing fingers, but there's there's companies who are who are who have done things like um well I could I can say this, I guess, crown uh, crowd uh, um Camelot Unchained. When they did the whole, oh. we're now developing this other game yeah. using the money you yeah. gave us to develop this game. Yeah. And there was an uproar that there's there's two sides to that. One is, from a technical standpoint, as long as they tie it into the development of the first game, they can legally get away with that. As long as they can prove that it's integral to making the first game work. Because if they can't do that, that's when the regulations from the SEC and the FTC kick in, where you are required to produce exactly the product that you promised investors that you were going to do. Because yeah. if you don't do that, you're now into securities fraud territory because you've fraudulently taken money to develop a product. Um, and then I know Ash has kind of tried to do the same thing, backed away because there was a huge uproar. I know other companies who are, who are, going through some situations where they are changing the product and it's no longer the product that people bought into when they first paid for the product. And there are companies where investors bought into the company thinking that they were going to get a specific product. Now they are no longer getting that product. Those are the types of situations where Chronicles of Lyria is just like the tip of the iceberg because they have a crass action lawsuit against them. Mm-hmm. 
that's the domino effect because as these other situations come to light and these other class action lawsuits come out and and, and you know regulations come out of securities fraud against companies those things are going to continue to make it harder for legitimate developers to crowdfund because people are going to be terrified of crowdfunding because you have this company who did this, this company who did this, this company did this, this company did this, this company ran off with the money, this company built a different product, this company promised an MMORPG and developed a single player, this company promised an MMORPG and developed a kingdom domain thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this company rebranded, this company did this. I mean, it's a nightmare. Dude, I've like yeah, past few years, was... it's like three people that have been developers or like worked on games like Valar was one. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Uh, that was one specifically. And then Defend the Night. And then there's this guy that's working on a game that Scribbles knows. It's like working on putting it out too. And every situation is like, and this is over the past year that I've had this reference. Every single one of them is like, we are just the idea of going the route of a Kickstarter. It's something they're actually like afraid of doing because yeah. of the stigma. Yes, Nathan. Oh, I was just going to say um, I got to stand up a little bit for uh, uh, Camel Unchained, right? And I, I don't cover it on my channel anymore because it's just ugly right now. I'm going to wait until they have a very substantial update. But I do have to say that I honestly 100% believe that game will launch, right? It Me may too. launch Same. it may launch a little crazy. It probably, I don't expect it to launch very smoothly or anything like that, but they're going to get that game out. We're talking about we're talking about Mark Jacobs who Dark Age Camelot. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy's got too much um he's got too much pride in his own work and himself <laughs> to not money. release it. Yeah, yeah. fair. And, and his, his own, own money. He's got his yeah. own money into it too. Tons of it. Yeah. And so it's going to happen um We'll see what. So with the what was it? Wasn't it called Ragnarok or something like that? Was the other um, uh, game that that they made with the engine that was developed for uh, Camel Unchained? But uh, so I think he's going to be. I think actually they've already ran it through legal and been like we're good because what they wanted to do was they wanted to use that engine to test. Like yeah, we can get you know seventeen thousand freaking uh, NPCs on the screen at once, et cetera, which is what we need for Camel Unchained. Because that's his biggest thing is he wants to, and and I'm not going to lie. After Camel Unchained is released with his engine that they built in house, yeah, for sure he's going to sell that engine, right? Like people are going to want it if if he can get it right. So it's crucial as his kind of magnum opus that he can develop this engine that can do these crazy things, have so many NPCs on screen at once, uh, with you know all the intricacies of uh, PvP combat, and you know he's taking it like way to a far level where like. The fireball's an actual object, not just an animation. So you can literally move mm. aside and the 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 server knows it didn't hit you, et cetera. So it's super complicated. And uh, play sessions are proving that they're getting the engine to work pretty freaking good. And they are doing substantial updates to a lot of things. Their pathing is freaking insane on those uh, keyboards, et cetera. So I do believe the game will come out, but I do wish that Mark Jacobs would step a little bit away from the public. Yeah, um, PR side. You know, they just like somebody needs to like record him and then edit the footage and then release it. So he still is the front man because I think it's important that he is. But he he's too out there to where um, it's really hurt his reputation. It's I, I know some people feelings. 
I know some people who had the same uh, criticisms about me over at MMRPG.com and massively. <laughs> I Although those. I never, I never, I never approached, I never approached Mark Jacob level of telling somebody no. to just like fuck off. Like, yeah, yeah. And I love that guy. He's an OG. You know, yeah. I love Mark Jacobs. He's an OG. I got a lot of respect for him. Um, so he's just in a rough spot in life right now. He'll be all right. If he can just, uh, he's going to keep pushing through. You can't stop the guy. Like I said, he's got too much pride on himself to let this not happen. It's going to happen. He, he'll he go completely bankrupt and live in a ditch before this game isn't released. Yo, got to give a shout out to all the people here. You stuck it out, y'all, for a damn near two-hour episode, which we haven't done. We haven't done many of those. Do you know Nathan? Nathan's been here since the beginning, man. Yeah. From the beginning, uh, man. Are we going to are we gonna talk about my origin story yet? I'm kind of contemplating. I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, man. I was saying episode 50. <laughs> Oh, okay. But we're coming up on what episode thirty nine is next week. Okay. So we're coming up on forty. I'm kind of, I'm kind of down for like a little bit of a nostalgia kick and talking about how this whole thing rolled out. Maybe what, what if we did it next week? Okay, let's do it next week because it's right? hilarious. And we'll just hit on all the random stuff and things and talk about the ori origin story and now there's it's really hilarious because you don't even know the origin story to how the LFM show actually was getting started in my mind. Right. So it okay. goes back to some stuff. Some people here don't even know about. You're gonna be like, holy shit, Sim. Really? That's how this all got. Just listen, you learn, you learn. I just want to put this out there. Y'all fuckers don't judge me too much. I've already seen some of that shit in chat. Happy meal earlier saying Sim made me buy a pre-order pack. Bullshit. And you know it. Okay. <laughs> Ninja loot person. Bullshit. And you know it. You guys know it. I I did bully you into playing World of Warcraft one time. That did happen. I I, I was I, like, I, accept, oh, I don't want to just spend money. That I bullied you into that one. Uh, yeah, I'll admit to that. It's a good time. We'll talk about this, and then <laughs> it'll give people some more shit to give me when we're doing Ashes testing, because y'all know I'm living in it, dude. It's, it's the peak, man. This is the point I've been waiting to jump in and just like explore like a madman. So when we get to Ashes testing... I'm living it for that whole week. I'm probably not going to sleep enough. I'm probably going to like, I mean, extra layers of age or whatever. Take off hell. work. I'm not working that week, dude. There's no way. No. Perfect. That's no. the only way to roll, man. You got to, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sick. I'm like, I'm on boss. So I get to, I get to be like, I do what I want. So I'm there not working the whole week. So yeah. So if you're into Ashes of Creation from the week of the 14th, well, I am going to watch. Hell yes. So I'm highly, interested yeah and there's dude there's got there is so much there right now that has oh, there's gonna be a lot of new stuff and things i'm sure of it based on that last live stream i'm just like oh so 14th is going from the 14th through the 21st is when their testing is happening which means we'll be here next thursday the 13th friends the following thursday is tentative we shall see it's the 20th definitely have the next show on the 27th so basically there's a week from the 14th to the 21st and then the whole month of june so the first week of june and that week coming up that i just talked about uh sims like not working at all on this day gig and like living it it is just it's the way it is and speaking of that next week we're gonna we're gonna have some fun times we're gonna chat about the origin story of the lfm show and where it came from um all right That'd plenty of rants one plenty of rants from people in chat i'm sure all right don't judge me much but friends renfield nathan napon want you shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on the lfm show 
You can go first, Nathan. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, so YouTube, uh, the Nathan Napalm. You can also find me on Twitter, the Nathan Napalm. And uh, since we're talking about like uh, you know uh, no lifing it, I just want to go ahead and announce it on as long as nothing horrible happens on um, May twenty sixth. I'll be streaming for three days straight, no sleep, uh, full stream for three days because the new Mischief EverQuest server is coming out, and nice. I decided to join a group and we're going to no life it and um, nice, try to get to max dude. level in a few days. Is oh, that, yes. is that a EQ one progression server yes. or EQ two progression server? EverQuest one. I wish it was EverQuest two. I, I really enjoyed that game, but uh, it's EQ one. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a cool new server. They never done before. It's random loot. Uh, so like uh, there's the, all the uh, rare um, uh, named NPCs are going to pop more often, but also when you kill a, raid boss it could drop any raid boss's loot um, okay that is different fully tradable everything's tradable um, okay that is so a lot different yeah because i've different, done yeah. five or six of the progression servers now and i've i swore that 2021 is going to be the year that i don't touch an eq1 or eq2 progression server so i will watch and and drool a little bit but i'll keep myself content with lotro and some star wars the old republic as well so that'll be good times and can i ask a question too since you're on it you yeah. mentioned that you're going to be starting a new channel versus uh, talking about like more nerd related stuff. Yeah. When is that, when is that happening? Yeah. So I've, I've started doing the artwork. Um, I'm actually, as soon as the show's over, I'm going to get back to work on it. Um, I'm, I'm planning on launching it next week. Uh, maybe this weekend. Cause you know, I'm, I'm that guy that sh definitely can't be in game development because the second <laughs> I get anything, I got to show it to the world. You know, I'm like, Oh, here it is. I did something, you know, like, uh, so I've got that. So I couldn't do game development, but, um, uh, so if I get it ready, uh, the second I get it ready, I'm going to launch it. Uh, but I believe it's going to be called something like the Nerdy Napalm or something something like that. Um, all things nerd. So I can break away from RPGs and MMOs and talk about all the nerdy <laughs> stuff. All the, of full and, 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 the full Napalm. The full <laughs> Napalm. I like it, That's dude. epic. That and might I, be it. I want to ask this, and hopefully I'm not giving anything away. Is the thing you showed me the other day going to be on that channel? Yes, oh, because D&D, uh, &D, uh, Tabletop, I can take all those nerdy things that I love, but they don't really mesh with the algorithm on YouTube when I'm doing MMO yeah. content. You know, like <laughs> I can do RPGs and MMOs because MMO RPG and the algorithm just takes that and runs with yes. it. But the second I do Tabletop, man, it doesn't even recommend it to subscribers, you know. Like, yeah. nobody even knows I, I can it. also say that because this will be my segue into talking about my channel because everybody can find me it's youtube.com forward slash renfail or patreon.com forward slash renfail but mm -hmm. what i'm the one thing i'm working on right now with my brother and my wife is a tabletop game with a single player point and click adventure game attached to it and a book series and my tabletop videos <laughs> do shit for numbers because it doesn't get recommended but then i do a review on like celasta and my traffic's like Bleh! out the roof yeah it's just funny but yeah, yeah. i can't wait because i what you showed me the other day i was really excited about and i can't personally i can't wait for that so i'm looking forward to the new channel the full name oh yes the full napalm that's yeah. it that's appreciate it guys that's the name there you go that's yeah we uh i actually don't want to give a shout out to anybody who watches this podcast this one recently we moved it over to a new youtube channel for similar reasons um, and it's the similar gaming channel now and that channel shout out to anybody who watches this show over there, uh, or, you know, listens to this or whatever, or supports this show specifically, because we, 
I took all the episodes and put them over there, cataloged them, and we are now all my variety stuff, my rant videos and stuff are all on that channel. And it's we broke over a hundred subscribers in about like roughly a month and it's starting to grow relatively quickly. So shout out to everybody who's been supporting over there and checking the videos out. Um, it's been a really good time. Uh, it's really, really nice seeing it grow. And uh, wait a minute. Yeah. I got to I got to step in and say something real quick. Yes. A mm. hundred subscribers. Where are you guys? Come on, guys. Yeah. Get, get over there and support that. Are you serious? A hundred people. It's been a month. He's been talking about this for a month, guys. Get over there and sub. That's crazy. Over there. What are you doing to your get guy? Get your here? ass over there and sub, man. He's Shit. busting his ass for you over here, and you a hundred of you show up. Come on. Come there's also on. good. There's also some really good conversations that uh, spawn out of the YouTube comments as well. Yes, so, yes. we bring that over here. It synergizes so good. <laughs> Hell, the the thing I like about doing different things is I might cover Ashes specifically, but then when you do the LFM podcast, the Ashes Pathfinder podcast, you do these like kind of ranting and doing coverage of games and talking about it, discussions or whatever. Like, dude, the different conversation platforms allow the opportunity for interaction and people to contribute in the comments or on the show when I'm live or whatever. And you grab all these things and it becomes super relevant because of the different pieces of content or the different platforms or podcasts. And then they just all tie in, dude. It's it's genuinely one of my favorite things about doing this because it's just a good time, man. It really is. But speaking of a good time, catch us here next week. Same time, same place here on the channel. Join us in Discord if you'd like to. Discord.gg forward slash Simorg. And friends, we will see you next week. Have a great week. Stay safe out there. We'll see you real soon. Paladin's fucking rule. Ha, <laughs> that just happened. <laughs>